Mana 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 social disgusting. Welcome to Social Disgusting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I am Brandon, aka Brandon. I hope you're well. Uh, as you can tell, it might sound a little bit different. It might sound similar to what it sounded like almost exactly, almost quite literally exactly one year ago. The reason being, this is now the second time we've done an in-person record. It is now the third annual <laughs> recording <laughs> of our episode wherein it is Denard and I, spoiler alert, because <laughs> on this day, the day that this comes out, which is the 21st, spoiler alert, <laughs> we recorded the first episode ever of this podcast. That's right. March 21st, 2020. Damn, it's been a long time. Which the uh, <laughs> real double-edged sword of doing a show that in some way is tied to the pandemic is that it also is the reminder of <laughs> third year going into a fucking pandemic. <laughs> what a weird, bittersweet, deeply bittersweet memory. I mean, I will say, though, hey, business must be good. <laughs> <laughs> It is uh, unfortunately a very uh, continuous and perpetuating, <laughs> not even a format anymore. It's just a reason to talk to people. Yeah. And that's as good a reason as any. Uh, please welcome, third time, Denard. Welcome back. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, let's keep with format. Uh, format's a very strong word at this point. But uh, how are you and how have you been? So, you know, I'm not going to lie. Things have been a little weird in the last few years. Uh, I've, health-wise, I've actually gotten a lot better. Good. Yes. Uh, let's say that there was a parting of ways at my old uh, place of employment. <laughs> so, so, which, I, so uh, as your health has gotten better, uh, also it involves a cancer of a human. Yes. Uh, well. Being cut out, so to speak. Uh, Numerous ones, essentially. Really? Good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, essentially, after leaving there, like, I started getting so much better. Like, don't get me wrong, stuff like, of course, we've been in a pandemic, and I suffered through depression and stuff like that, Absolutely. which a lot of us do. But, you know, it was going to work every day, <clears throat> having to deal with, and mind you, I worked retail. So, you know, I ran a retail department and store, and having to deal with the people that don't want to deal with pandemic stuff that don't want to follow the rules, the people that do want to follow the rules and get upset about stuff, and then essentially be in middle management, having to take all that on. Yeah. And afterwards, it was like a weight was lifted. And like, don't get me wrong, it's, you know, I'm doing freelance, so again, back to catering and doing stuff like that. Sure. But mental health is so much better. Like That's you know, amazing. Like, but yeah, I mean, as somebody who has some history with retail, shit's hard enough, and then let alone all of the implications of a thing with the pandemic and the fact that a bad job doesn't just start and stop with the time that you're working the job, that shit creeps in yeah. and then dread and it's terrible. And that's the thing. Like, even if you don't want to take it home with you, it goes home with you. Cause here's the thing. Like you can even ask my wife that I never came home and it's never like, I try not to complain. Yeah. Like I'm never going to come home. And it's just, I hate this. My boss is, is, you know, I had a bad day. You know, I might tell her just a couple of things that happened, but it's never going to be just I'm going to throw it all out there because I didn't want to be that guy that I hate my job so much. Yeah. I hate these people so much that I'm going to come home and all you're going to hear is me complaining. It's like I want you to see at some point I did have a happy time. So it's like maybe I might have to go into like the media room and go play a game for a little bit or just read a book or just I had to take myself out of it. And it's like the longer I got there, the longer it took to get out of it. And it was like. It's not healthy. Like, you know, say, even if you're not, you know, yelling, even if you're not, you know, like, talking bad to somebody, or even if you're just, like, I was connecting to the people I want to connect to. Like, sure. like I said, like, I was like, I haven't talked to you in forever. But yeah. it, it was just because, like, I just, I didn't have the energy for anything else. And it was, like, it was so hard just to reach out and just to connect to people. <clears throat> well, to your point, like, as somebody who has, who had a terrible job, and it was all, it was really bad. But, but my point to that being, at a certain point, the entire time that I wasn't at work was me just trying to decompress from a situation that was so bad. And that's all it became. Yeah. It and was, it became all, it, it, so in that regard, it was a true 24 hour. Yeah. It became me a whole being other consumed job. by it. Yeah. You, essentially you worked a whole other job that you didn't get any benefit from. You didn't get any pay, nothing. So it was just like, it was truly living rent free in my head, so to speak. You know, it was like, yeah, it was, I was getting, I was working 24 hour overtime 
And getting nothing out of it. Yeah. And like, and like I said, it was so much like, you know, I try to put myself into just like volunteering and other stuff and like advocates and like just random things. And this, even my own stuff. And like, you know, I'm a sneakerhead. Yeah. Uh, I lost my mind the last couple of years. I started just wearing like the same four shoes. And like, even she was like, baby, like, you don't never wear the same shoe every other day. And it's like, okay, there's an issue. And like I said, once you got out of, like, once you realize there's an issue, that's where it's like, okay, but that, what do I got to do to get out of it? That is the the thing about it, though, in a, in a weird way that it, it's not a matter of, it just happens overnight. It's, it's relatively incremental. And so it's like death by a thousand cuts, little, little things. Yeah. It, and you don't realize <laughs> till you're out of it. And you're like, fuck, that was bonkers. Yeah. Cause like, I cannot believe that. And I'll tell people all the time, like, I'm lucky. Like, you know, my wife has a good job and everything else. We've had savings. So like. I'm okay. Like, it's okay that, like, you know, if I lose my job. Yeah. So I understand, like, it's pressures, but at the same time, it's like, like you said, you got to kind of realize, like, hey, because it didn't hit me until that last week I was there. Because I'll be honest with you, if I, if we didn't have the parting of ways we did, I was really just going to walk off. Yeah. Because it was that bad. And it was like, it should never be that bad for you. Even if you, even if you're stuck there, it has to be some way that you get, like, fine. Like, I have to make sure this isn't, like, hitting me that bad. Yeah. It's not affecting me like this. Because like you said, you got to take that with you everywhere you go. It's like, I don't want to do that. Like, no, man. <laughs> it, it does remind me in a, in a way, too, that I told somebody, like, at the, the the job that I'd mentioned before, that, like, the first week that I worked there, I told somebody at the time, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to have the bitterness that some of the people that I encountered did, where they actively resented and hated it, and it just poured out of it you know there was no subtext there it poured out of them yeah and i was like i didn't want to be like that and then and then when you're in that situation you realize how wildly easy it is to get there too yeah because like it's it's so much easier just to be by yourself just to say like no i don't want i don't want to be a burden on again that's the thing i don't want to be a burden on my friends which i've said that before but at the same time i was like fam they're your friends like it's not a burden because they're your actual friends i i, I struggle with that yeah and like Again, it's I don't want to be that, you know, you know, I don't, it's that weird irony of like the, I don't want to burden the people that I can actually burden in a weird way, you know, Yeah. but you don't want to be that person because I, I've been around so many complainers that I don't want to be like that because yeah. it drives me bonkers. Yeah. And, but then again, and like I said, but at the same time, cause like I had to talk to, like I had to talk to a friend about, it. I was like, man, look, just be honest with like, we've been friends for so long. This isn't an issue. Like you needing help. It's just you needing help. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm not going to judge. They're like, I don't have anything extra to say. It's just, you're my friend. And like, that's just kind of how it is. It's like, but that's kind of the age we live in now. Everybody kind of looks on the, either if you need help, you look weak. Or, like I said, we don't want to be a burden to somebody else because we always, you don't know what somebody else is going through. But at the yeah. same time, like, fam, it's not, sometimes it's just, you need to be a shoulder to cry on. You need to be a, you know, ear to listen to. You know, it it's stuff like that. Uh, Why do you think about, like, as somebody who who it can be really difficult for me mm. to ask for that help, I deeply admire the strength that it takes to do that. You know, like seeing somebody like do that, I'm like, fuck. You know, I just have such a weird, deep seated fear of like burdening my problems onto other people. Yeah. That then it can also be self perpetuating then too because that's just gonna come out one way or the other. Yeah. And it's just like, at least I guess in a weird way, like maybe to ask for help, at least you can have some control over that versus it metastasizing and seeping out so one way or another. Yeah, at least you know, you're like, even if it doesn't fix it, at least you know you're working towards it. Sure. Like, that's the thing, like, even if it doesn't fix the situation, just knowing that I've gotten a little bit better or at least I've done something to help, it kind of gets you out of that whole funk. Like, like honestly, I've been getting out of my depression more, Good. but it's been, like I said, I've been, like, doing shoe restoration because it's just fun. Like, yeah. like I said, as much as I love shoes and I haven't bought anything for myself this year like I love just gone through and just somebody needs a shoe restored if I can give a hand at it just because it's calming it's like it's something fun for me to do but I had to find something for that and like I tried to do it when I was working and that's what I'm saying like Again, it was so toxic yeah. it was just like I can't even enjoy this because I like I used to read comics all the time. dude I haven't bought a comic in like two years now <laughs> like again this is all I, like that's the only thing I did was just I'm just full with these shoes well, and now I'm finally kind of like, okay, well, I can start you're finding again. yourself again. Yeah. And like, honestly, it's kind of fun. Like realizing the stuff that I used to enjoy so much. Like, no, I still have fun with this. Like, I still like it again. And 
it's kind of like one of those things like kind of like an old movie like I hadn't watched it so long damn I forgot how great this yeah. is so like it's kind of fun now I, I've that is something too that I've, I've been working on or trying to oh yeah I need to indulge the things I love too you know instead of just I don't even know how to phrase it you know that thing about like re- remembering as much as in the moment I'm like I don't want to do that and then you realize I think I'm going to like that when I do it so you know instead of the yeah. defeatist attitude of it so that's why like in the last <clears throat> excuse me so like end of January I did Sundance virtually yeah because that would be a thing I love in the last week I've been doing South by Southwest virtually and when I when I bought the stuff at the time mm. I was in a state of depression where I'm like I don't want to do that but I'm like manipulating myself of oh I know I'll yeah, like, like it when I do do it yeah like I've already got like I've signed up for yes. it or paid for it I'm I, like I gotta go to it. it's like oh I'm here now. I'm like gonna corner have myself in a weird way to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, again, in that moment, I was like, I, I'm not going to enjoy this. Fuck that. No, you know, defeat. And then I'm like, and then you see the the light peering through, you know, <laughs> through everything. And you're like, oh, this is great. Yeah, of course I would like that. And then it's a learning experience of, oh, yeah, yeah. obviously. It makes so much sense. But I don't know, mental health and like depression is so antithetical to logic or reason it makes no sense well it literally doesn't because like it's literally just you talking to, it's a voice telling in your head that you don't matter to people that tell you all the time that you matter and it yeah and, and even like, intellectually though you can in that moment know that's not true yeah but it, it's so insidious it doesn't give a fuck and like and that's the funny thing is like sometimes like for some people it doesn't realize like sometimes it's just that one person because like i tell people all the time like my wife regardless of whatever like I said, you've met my wife. And I said, yeah, you, yeah. And like, she jokes about me all the time and everything else. She, you know, makes fun of me. I said, in a fun way, but she's my biggest advocate. Like, and I know regardless, like if I have nobody else in this world, I got her. Yeah. So like, that's been like a key thing for me. was just like knowing that, Hey, regardless of how bad I've had, like, regardless of the worst day I've had, I still got somebody that's always going to be there. And like, that's kind of one of the things you got to talk to is like, no, I have friends. I have yeah. someone to care. Like I have people that care about me. Even if, Everybody else hates me. This core group I have. Yeah. That's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay. So it's like, it makes it a lot easier after, like, you kind of start, when you start using logic to put, like, that self into perspective. It it really, I mean, it it's so much work, you know. And to, to just be like, especially, you know, mentally where you can, I did, like, you, the day before a day, you're like, I did, I did everything right, you know. Yeah. And then you wake up and then, it already feels like this day is done. Yeah. Like mentally, it's a wash, and then that can and then that can creep into it, and then you can lose even more momentum, because you're like, well, I did everything right. No, like, well, what's the point? You know, and that's you, and then you spin out. And yeah, and it's, it's like, a very and especially is that I have to do it again. Yeah. It's like because a lot of times it's not. Sometimes you have those good days, and sometimes you really work for it, and then just waking up that next day and like I have to work that much harder again just to keep doing this. It's like. I, I said, I've been there and it's just one of those like no nah, I woke up some more it's like I don't want to do this and then like I said sometimes you gotta it gets hard but it's like when you find that one thing it's like because I, I heard this I don't even know where I heard the saying was but it was just saying like and it was for somebody that was suicidal but it goes like just to life period but it was saying like if you have something to live for it doesn't matter what it is it's a TV show that you love it's the animals yeah. that you care for you know it's a house plant that you just don't want to die that's all it takes. Doesn't matter whether there's anything else. Just if you have something you want to live for, live for it. I'm not suicidal, but my life is just like, no, I got stuff I want to live for. So I'm going to live my life. And it's like, even that depression, even when it speaks, it's like, no, fam, I got stuff I want to do. It's like, yeah, I can be sad for a little bit. Okay, 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 whatever. Everybody gets sad. All right, I'll be all right. It's like, it doesn't work change. It. I still have a purpose. Yeah, it's like, I'm still going to work through it. Yeah. I'm going to keep on going. It's like, just keep on pushing. Like, that's like regardless of how hard it is, like, It'll be all right. Just take a day off. Keep on pushing. 100%. Yeah. Like, it can't, it really, something, it seems like, so, again, like uh, so many simple concepts out there. Like, the idea of a cliche is like, well, yeah, it's, it's so oversaid because it's so true. Yeah. But and like, it's like, a purpose cannot be underestimated. Yeah. But like I said, though, it's one of those things where you do have to ask for it. Like, like I said, you got to have people like know what you're going through. Like, you know, it's not one of those things where you just push everybody away and you don't say anything. And then you're like, well, I don't have a support. It's like, no, you have a support system, but you have to let your support system know. It is, you know, like, and again, it's so much, it's, it can be some days 
so much easier said than done. Yeah. And, and again, I, I struggle with it and it's not, you know, and it's, again, it's not a, it's not really an ego thing about like only I can do this. It's not that it's, but it's still also a, some, I guess a problem with showing vulnerability sometimes or just asking for help. It's a, it's a really, it's a thing that's in my head for the most part. I, I think like so many other things about just like almost phobically not wanting to burden people yeah. with my shit, that type of thing. Yeah. But then again, but like, you know, just talking about it earlier, like, but you're not. If yeah. anything, these are the people to which, because of history and love, it's that's not what that is. Yeah, like, it's not the same as that. Oh, it kind of is, but I'll tell you, and I'm not going to use any names, but it's a close friend of mine. Knew him, like, he was one of my first friends when I got into junior high. And he's bisexual. Mm-hmm. He came out to everybody else except for me and one of my other friends. And the reason why he did it is, like, I didn't want to disappoint you. I didn't want you guys to look at me different. And I told him, like, I was so fucking furious. But I was mad because, like, the fact that you thought I would do that, like, you thought I would do that to you. you like, man, you're one of my closest friends. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I, like, unless you just told me, like, I raped six kids. Nigga, you're going to jail. Yeah. It's like, you like both, like, you like both sexes? Okay, nigga. It's like, all right, that's more options for you. Like, and that, that's it's, it. it's, it's that duality of, like, <laughs> right on, but also who gives a shit? You know, yeah. like, that's. Yeah, it's like, dude. That doesn't matter. Yeah, like, ain't nothing going to change. And, like I said, it's. I was mad, but like he understood why I was mad after that. And it's never been an issue. Cause it's like, again, it's one of those things like you don't want to burden somebody. It's like, fam, I'm your friend. Yeah. Nothing like, unless, like again, unless it's some stuff like I done murdered six people or, you know, I done raped the kids. Like, yeah, we're, we're going to take you to jail for that. It's like, fam, you being you, what's wrong with that? Yeah. There, yeah. It's yeah like, the, again, there's not a morality issue here. You're, yeah. you're bisexual, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, whoop de do. Yeah. To your point, <laughs> like if anything, if anything, I should be one of the people you tell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I get that. Like um, I said, that, and I said, it was just like, you don't want to burden them. It's like, okay, fam, I get it. And like I said, he understood why I was mad. And, I, and like I said, I was mad for a hot second. Sure. But 30 seconds later, all right, dude, went, went out to go kick it. Yeah. Like I said, it's, that's what friends actually are. But it takes a lot sometimes to like realize it's, that's yeah, what it is. It's, it's sometimes like uh, validating the friendship can be painful for a second. Yeah. But then it's just like, oh, okay. We go from here. We grow from here. Yeah, it's like that's the whole point of the friendship. Yeah, yeah, like that's what it is. It's nice. (laughs) You know, sometimes they're growing pains. Yeah. (laughs) You have a hot take. I don't know what it is. Hot take. I'm very intrigued. All right. Uh, Going back to our old podcast days, but I had a revelation Mm. because pandemic. Been doing a lot of random movie watching. Uh, went through M. Night Shyamalan movies. He only has two good movies. Uh, Sixth Sense. And uh, Signs? Yes. And Signs is just entertaining because the last 15 minutes ruins the whole thing. That, that it's entertaining. <laughs> it's really good. It is, it is a very good nine-tenths of a movie. Yeah, but everything else he does. It's garbage. Although I will say this, I haven't seen The Visit. I think that's the one with the grandparents. I like that one. I hadn't seen that one. That was the first one of his comebacks. But everything else, because I just, I watched old. And that is one of three movies I've seen in the theater in the last two years. Oh, sir. So we're going to go back on, like I said, we're going to go back on our old bullshit. So that's actually based off an old French comic called yeah. Sandcastles. It's, I love Sandcastles. I actually had a copy. Still love it. Why does he want to ruin the ending so bad? So bad. I'm not going to ruin it because, like, I don't know. People might not have watched it. I think it's on HBO or something. It's on one of the little streaming networks. I'm sure it's somewhere out there. Yeah, but, like, watch this and then just go read Sandcastles because the ending of that was so poignant, so meaningful, and it hit so hard. And then you see this movie, and I'm like, God damn you, M. Night. Why do you do this to me? Yeah, that that comment got Shyamalan. (laughs) And just... I realized he's done this damn to like every movie except for well started with signs, and like everything else just kept Lady in the Water. I I'll be real, with you, I still don't really remember all of them. I, I think the the beginning of the end I think uh, was the village. That was that was the one where it was like oh no I remember that he I remember. was doing twists for the sake of twists. Okay, and yeah. then it 
and then it just precipitously precipitously dropped off. Like I, th- I thought the robot chicken sketch where it was like him going to like the moon and it was like what a twist because they're talking about like the aliens eating people. I thought that was a joke. No, my man really does. It's like I'm gonna put a twist in everything, and it he drives me up the wall. Yeah, but on to like yeah, two good movies. That's it. And then, uh, <laughs> and then the uh, the visitor. I think it is the visit. The visit. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was that was the first one where of his comeback where he self financed it, made a ton of money off of it. Then he self financed the next one, made a ton of money, and and then you know old old got made. Yeah, like uh, that. A couple films later. Yeah, like I. So I haven't watched as many films like we used to back in the day. Like literally, I'll probably watch like a movie once a month, maybe. And then when I took the time out to watch that one, it just brought me back because I was like. I want to go talk to Brandon. I want. I want to tell him how bad. Say we're, we're we're in opposite <laughs> camps of our of our current movie watching. Coming off South by Southwest, it's still going on. A mm. couple days and then it's done. Really? It's still. It's it's ten days. Okay, I I thought it was just a weekend. No, it's ten days. Okay. So now in the last week, mm. seven days, I've watched twenty movies. God damn. And. Uh, yeah, that's... Cue, cue the violins, but <laughs> I am uh, cinematically tired <laughs> at the moment. I am cinematically exhausted. Uh, although I've seen some interesting things. I also saw uh, some episodes of TV shows mm-hmm. that they premiered early. A couple interesting things. Was one of the show, I would say, was one of the shows Bust Town? No. Okay. Oh, I want to watch that show. I, I, had, looks... a, I had an early preview of that. I don't even. I'll be honest with you. I don't even know how I got the preview. It's on Peacock now. Yeah, that's. Is it good? It looks great. The little bit the pe- like the preview I saw was the first fifteen minutes. That shit had me die. Really? Okay, so remember how I was telling like this, that show Southside? How it's just hilarious. That show is so fucking funny. It's like Southside, but not. It's like Southside, but it's not quite as like Twin Peaks. It's like you know, kind of like quirkiest. Yeah. It's it's just weird shit. Like. But uh, that show was hilarious. The head writer on Bust Down is Langston Kerman. Yes. Who is so funny. Such a funny dude. Uh, Southside, which, by the way, got greenlit for another season. Yeah, season three. So excited for it. That show is so funny. I've watched watched both seasons twice. It's on HBO Max. Yes. So funny. I will say, so, like, I've really been enjoying TV now. Like, the standard TV that we used to have. Because it's weird that network television has kind of come back into its own, but streaming is like kind of getting where network Netflix is doing reality TV, but I could turn on Peacock and watch Bust Down. I could watch Abbott Elementary, which is hilarious. Like I'm, that's my next show to watch. I, I've heard it's incredible, sir. I will tell you now. It's I think it might be. I think they did six episodes because they did. They're on a hiatus right now and for like it, three uh, weeks. Is it Quentin Brunson? Yes. Yeah. When I tell you. She is hilarious. You will power through those first episodes because, like me and me and my wife, have been, we've been going crazy because we were like, we'll wake up and like, is it Tuesday? We got okay. It's not back yet. Like that show is fucking hilarious. Have you watched Grand Crew? Yes, I love it. Grand Crew also hilarious, but that one's uh that was already finished for the season. Yeah. So I was that was we were upset about that. Hey, <laughs> like, starring former guest Carl Tart. Yeah, like but see, that's the thing. He's no, so like, funny. Like that show was hilarious and like. There's so much funny TV now. Well, there's so much actually good TV now. Yes. But it's just weird because it's all produced by, like, networks. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is wild. Funny how that's worked out. Uh, I will tell you a com- couple of things I've seen that are coming out. Watch the first, depending on the show, of what they premiered, first episode or two. Uh, watch the first episode of DMZ, which just came out yesterday. Yeah, I haven't watched that. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a slow burn. I... I know this is going to be a limited series, but I actually read the uh, comic. It's yeah. Yeah, decent, and I think it won a couple of awards the year it came it out. It was pretty close, yeah, from what I've read. I'm going to tell you now, if I haven't seen it, I just watched the trailer, but if it does just a quarter what that comic did, man, that's going to be like one of the greatest shows ever. It's Although, pretty, it's I don't, pretty interesting. It might be a little bit gory for me, though, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it, it's, the first episode is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I'm intrigued by it. I'm going to keep watching it. I watched that. That just premiered <clears> yesterday. Episode uh, We Crashed, which is about their WeWork uh, business, you know, that was running out office space. It was worth billions and then crashed and burned. It stars Jared Leto, who's one of my least favorite actors, but 
truly can't stand how affected he is as an actor. <laughs> However, this is the perfect role for him. Yeah. It's perfect role because it, it's doing three things that he loves to do, but he does it. But it actually is a thing you need to do for the character. Okay. One, you have to have cult-like energy. Mm. He has to have it. There you go, Jared Leto. Yeah. Got to have a charisma and a weird, like, darkness element as well. There you go. Two, he's got to do an accent. He loves to do an accent. He does. Done. Three, he's got to use prosthetics, loves prosthetics. <laughs> there you go. It is perfect for him. He's very good in it. Okay. And Anne Hathaway plays like a rich, uh, like uh, uh, inherited wealth, spa- you know, spacey, otherworldly, uh, earthy, crunchy type. Uh. And she's great. It's really interesting. First episode premiered today on Hulu, maybe even the second. It's good. Okay. I recommend that. All right. I watched two episodes of a show that premieres in a month mm-hmm. on Showtime called The Man Who Fell to Earth. Okay. Starring Chibito Ejiofor. Yeah, I've, I've actually and, saw... Uh, and Naomi Harris. I saw... I hadn't seen a trailer. I've actually been seeing it on Twitter. Yes. Okay. <laughs> There's a, so I watched the first two episodes, uh-huh. which premieres uh, end of next of end of April. Uh-huh. It's interesting. And it's interesting, too, because it acts as a sequel to the Nicholas Rogue movie that came out in 1976, starred David Bowie. And in, oh, that, yeah. in, and in that movie, you know, it's an alien falls to Earth and he's there to get water for his dying planet. Yeah. And so this is a sequel to that. Okay. Damn, I didn't realize that. And so in it, there's a kind of a moment in the first episode mm. where Bill Nighy is playing David Bowie's character. Oh. All so right. it's pretty interesting. It's a slow burn. No. Really interesting. Shimito yeah. IG4 is so good in it. Naomi Harris, so good in it. Mm. Um, and it's got Jimmy Simpson as well. It's really interesting. All right. Well, like I, I've found that, uh, like I said, I kind of quit watching like a lot of TV and like movies and stuff. Just it, they just ran rampant, and like when we were doing the podcast and kind of critiquing a bunch of stuff, I automatically started critiquing stuff. It's like I don't want to do this all the time. Like I just need to turn it off. It can become work. Yeah. But those kind of shows where it's like I actually like slow burn shows because they make you think about the story, like. I want something where I actually have to sit there and it's just like, I'm not, even if I expect something, it's like, well, they did something a little bit different. It's the other side of the coin to these comedies that are so funny. You can just enjoy the ride and laugh and yeah. it's great without having to be like overly stimulated or whatever the case may be. Yeah. The slow burn stuff I enjoy too. Yeah. To your point. And, uh, you know, like station 11 and see, I hadn't watched that yet, it but is very good. Everybody that I've talked to is just like, no, nah, man, this is like, just go watch it. And because they gave me like the premise of it and everything else, like it sounds like a better version of the stand almost, except for without like the you know the supernatural aspects of it. Like, but I was like, no, okay, this actually seems like something will work. And I've watched like a couple of trailers and one of the like a uh, episode breakdowns. So I was like, oh no, it's already added. Just it's extremely good. Yeah, like I just haven't, I just hadn't taken the time. So <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I saw anything else TV wise. Maybe. I mean, the thing about South by Southwest is a lot of the things already have distribution. Mm. So you're essentially just seeing them early. Mm. Not a complaint at all. So I've seen, you know, I watched a Tony Hawk documentary. It's going to be on HBO Max beginning of April. Mm. And it's it's well done. And watch the, the if I saw anything that's like the thing, mm. it's like, oh, that thing is kind of special. It's a, a documentary called Fire of Love. And it's about... Two French volcanologists. Mm. It's a do- it's a documentary, and it's they were active in like sixties, seventies, and eighties. Mm. And in France, they were kind of like celebrities. And this was when volcanology it's still a pretty young science. Yeah, and it was especially young men. And so they were learning new things all the time. And they were like the only like uh, couple that were volcanologists. Uh-huh. So that was very unique to them. And they actually grew up not knowing each other in a small French village 20 miles apart. And then they happen to find each other in life and they were both volcanologists or both <laughs> love. So it's, it's uh, really interesting. You know, I was thinking about it when I was watching about how, you know, documentaries in the last several years or last couple years, at least mm. people just shit out documentaries all the time now. Yeah. And so it, when I was watching, I'm like, this is special. Like, what What about this is separating it? And it, it's not just, you know, you want, so many documentaries are about an interesting subject, but 
It feels like infotainment. So like, you know me. We like the whole. I'll be honest with you. Like one of one of our friends told like kind of the purpose of the podcast. Like you're the cinema snob. And I'm the one that's just like the kind of like the every man in the cinema. Like yeah. I know about it, but I'm like, eh, it's whatever. Documentaries. If I actually like a documentary, that means it's good. Because there's a lot of them that I'll just sit down. And it's like, bam, it's 30 minutes. It's boring as fuck. No, but like, have you ever watched uh, Maradona? Oh yeah. I hate soccer with every inch of my being, but when I turned on Maradona, I lost it. I was like. Damn, what? I was like, number one, all the cocaine and all the like, he just ain't shit. But also he was just like this. It was like he's 14 years old taking care of his entire fucking family and like just playing soccer that he was amazing at, that he's this midget of a man that, and mind you, I didn't know him like back in 70s soccer. They kicked you like they were kicking like kickboxers. So he's just getting kicked in the side and still making goals, cheats in one of like the greatest games of all time. Didn't get, I'm like, how did I not know about this man? This is hilarious. Like, it's hilarious. It's sad. It's tragic. It's uplifting at times. I'm like, why did I not know this? Loved it. And the documentary itself too is so cinematic and yeah. interesting. And it was, it was an amazing story told so well. And that's what I think puts it over the top. I think that same filmmaker did Santa. Okay. Which is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen yeah. about uh, Ayrton Senna, the um, Brazilian race car driver mm-hmm. on that I've seen that movie, that documentary many times. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. It's but, incredible. And that's the thing, like, because there's a lot of shots where it's just, there's no talking. It's just like Maradona and his family, and just might be, you know, some audio of him just explaining something. But it's not like, you know, the last dance where there was like a lot of music behind it and kind of like hyped it up and this. Uh, it was just kind of like, this is what it is. Just, this is him. I enjoy that. I get tired of like the Firefest documentaries. And like, you know, whatever we have the like most random tragic thing, all of a sudden, there's a documentary behind it. Like, I like the meaningful ones where it's like, no, we found our subject. We're going to stick with the subject regardless of whether it's good or bad. We're not just like, we're not casting any, you know, judgment. We're just going to give you the person. And a lot of like documentaries lately hadn't done that, but I love when they just kind of give you this, the subject, just like I said, whether it's the person, it's an area. Cause there's a, I can't remember this one, but there's a, it's a Japanese documentary and it's just about the seasons. I think it's called, uh, I want to say it's, winter spring fall yeah. autumn and spring or something yeah. like that but like it's literally just those seasons people living in a little community and like that's it and i loved it because it was just shot so beautifully and it just gives you just the subject you know what the difference by the way i mean that the similarity in between just speaking to, to senna fire of love and then the maradona documentary hmm. is that they are aided by the passage of time yeah whereas a fire fest is it just happened, and it's still developing, but they're like, we have to get out now. Yeah. Now, now, now. And there are so many things where it's like, time gives context. This goes a long way. It needs time to breathe. Yeah. Certain things, you know, like <clears throat> the fucking Tiger King stuff, which that uh, really happened at the right time in the pandemic. Oh. Notes of them. I never, I couldn't get through two episodes of it. Oh, uh, we, okay, so on Tiger King, we got through like four episodes. We we never finished it. We're never going to finish it. But yeah. the reason why we got through episode, well, the four episodes, there was a, his, I think it was like, a, it was, I want to say he might have been Brazilian. Oh, no, it was a Latin man that was on there. Mm-hmm. He was a drug dealer. He had got off, off whatever case it was. I can't remember, like, it was a murder or something like that. But they actually popped up in one episode. And you try to go into his compound, and literally he has, like, guys at the gate, and they're like, you know, you got cameras, you got phones. No, you got to drop that off here. They're armed, and, like, you can't get in unless, like, he you have an appointment. I want to know about this man's life because he's still out here kicking it with Tigers and everything else, but he's not like everybody – but he's not like Joe Exotic and, you know, Carol Baskins. And literally he's just like, no, Joe's fucking crazy. And, like, they talk about his, like, no, nah, man, you know, I got off, blah, blah, I did this and the other. Yeah, no, dude's fucking stupid. He's crazy. And nothing else came after that. I just wanted to see – what happened to him? Because he seemed like he was a drug dealer that got off, that has all these tigers just like these people, but he's still out of the game, has a compound in America. And it's like, how did this happen? No story about him. But we got Joe Exotic, which, like you said, it came at the right time because we watched four episodes, and then after that I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I know. Certain, I mean, certain things really, obviously, unbeknownst to them, you can never predict it. Just timed it right. The Ted Lassos of the world, 
time to write where people had more availability and then they watched it and it just caught fire in a way that it wouldn't realistically would not have previously yeah if the if this was on tv like if this is just like on regular network tv and you couldn't binge it it wouldn't have made it what it was because like nobody's gonna by episode two everybody's gonna be like this is stupid because they're gonna really put some thought into it instead of just we can binge six episodes in six hours in a night then man why the fuck was he even doing this to begin with well why is this woman okay and once you start thinking it out i don't care anymore (laughs) <laughs> Some things are definitely very much aided by that. Yeah. By a certain like kind of mindless watching to it. Yeah. To where yeah, to your point, like if if you did when it creeps in of like, wait a minute. Because when when I was watching it, I was like, I hate all of these people. Yes. I think they're terrible. Every single one of them. They're all pieces of shit. I'm like and and I was like nobody should encourage this. Like these people suck. Okay, because I'm glad you said it because I was one of the people like everybody kept talking about Carol Bass is like you realize she's just as bad as him. I was like, don't get me wrong, she has a bigger property. I'm like they're still caged. Like they are all exploiting animals. Yeah, but under the guise of some kind of like altruism. Yeah, like no, as if they're getting nothing out of it. You're getting your that's your name, Tiger King. Yeah, like, you're all psychopathic pieces of shit. Exactly. It was like all y'all are fucking crazy. It was like y'all just don't want to admit it at this point. Yeah, and for the record, like, I'm not judging anybody who's watching it. I don't care. No. But that, as I was watching it, I'm like, I, this doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, it's it's trash TV. Like, because I did not know this. Apparently, Blind Date is back. Like, the old show from, like, a lot of those old dating shows. Is it really? Yeah, it's on Hulu. Because I love that show. It's, it's not, actually, it still follows the same format. It's not quite as good because, like, you remember back in the day, it would just be like, they go on their little three yeah. activities. They get in the little pool, and then usually they make like guy makes some random sexist joke. Is like, oh, I'm gonna take her home tonight. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It's a lot of like winky punny jokes and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Oh, that sounds very interesting. You know, like some kind of play on a shit. Yeah. This one, they kind of like they give you that, but it's just it's not quite the same because it's like it feels kind of forced at times. But you there's can tell, an awareness to it. Yeah, but you can tell like some of these dates are like. Oh no! Like that dude really is just a weird. Like he's, you can tell he's playing over the cameras, and this girl was like, "Okay, well, I need to fucking go home. Like, take me home now." And it's like, <laughs> but like I said, they were doing a, like a lot of those shows again. I see. Like, <laughs> if if something can give me both uh, nostalgia and new, like honestly, Matrix Resurrections completely did it for me. Because it gave me nostalgia and something new. Huh. I knew if I mentioned that, <laughs> it might open up uh, a matrix and can of worms. Oh, I'll be honest with you, like, I loved it. I hated it. Okay, fair enough. But I'll be honest, like, like I said, I'm not one to complain. I hated it, but like, like if you like it, okay. Like it's just essentially you just gave me the matrix one all over again, and like that's fine. Yeah. Like, like it's fine. It's just. That's not what I want. Like, like and the story's no. I, I, you know what? I liken it to, with that one especially for a lot of people I've talked to mm. about like it's drinking water thinking it's Sprite or vice versa. Yeah, I still like that thing. I just wasn't. That's not it, where my brain was going. I, I did not anticipate that. Actually, you know, I talked to Taylor because I didn't. She didn't watch it, but I watched some of it. And I talked to her about it. But you know what it is? Same thing we did when we were talking about the uh, Star Wars movies. That it's this generation's. That was our Matrix. Sure. This is literally this new generation's Matrix. It, Neil Patrick Harris that all the kids love. Uh, What's they that got, first Jurassic World movie? It's yeah. rebooting it for the next generation. Yeah, you know they got young actors like replacing some of the old ones, yeah. and like Keanu Reeves can still do. He's John Wick, so of course he's still going to be in it. And like, like I said, I get what it is. It's just it's not for me, and like that's fine. Like I said, I have no issue with it. It's just like I watched it, and I was like, there I are so know. many things out there too that are like honestly. Again, we've talked about this, but like. And I'm not going to harp on this. Marvel movies do not do anything for me. Yeah. And I say they're fine, which I don't say dismissively. I mean, no. I just, they're in the middle for me of, I, they don't make me happy or sad or angry. You know, it's just like, I'm pretty indifferent. Yeah. Like, okay. Cause like the same thing, like the reason why I took offense back in the day when I thought like the whole Scorsese thing, we sure. talking about, because I, like my whole thing was like, yeah, you said they're not cinemas. Like, but fam, you only make movies about white dudes. It was like, you're like I can say like dude you're just derivative like everybody says you're great but it's like you only make one type of movie so yeah you can be great because you just do one thing but like at the same time it's like well that doesn't affect like I said Marvel movies mean a lot because I love comics sure so like okay I was like no I get it it's like I said I was upset at first it's like no okay I get it 
It was like, no, this is where it affects for you. Cause like you said, it's like, eh, they're just kind of like a thing for you. No, I, I get it too. Like, I think it's like everybody has to go through that. Cause like you can get to invest in something or you can get very invested in something. And once you separate the emotion, you it's like, who gives a shit? Yeah. You know, there's so many things, but like, I, I think the trap is to where that is true. It's like, it's one thing to be a part of your identity. It's another thing to be yeah, to make your, your identity. identity. Yeah. That, that's the trap. Yeah. And that's was, the fear. Yeah. And it was just like, that's why I'm like, I need to take a step back. If I am deeply offended by a thing when it comes to art or anything to where you compartmentalize, you think about it. Like there are plenty of things where I've seen on the internet and I'm like, I get mad. Yeah. But then I, then I take a second, breathe, and I'm like, oh, piece of shit. But if it sticks with me, I'm like, I need to unpack other things <laughs> personally. Yeah. Because there's something more going on beyond just whatever. Look, because uh, I'll just tell you the truth, fam. I think I'm, this is actually, I think, my last ride with the Marvel stuff. Really? Like, it's not saying Meaning this phase? Like, this was my phase. Like, you know, the whole thing where we used to go to, like, the theaters to go see all the movies, yeah. like, Hell, we used to plan like, "Hey, we're gonna go see Avengers. We're gonna go do this together." Don't get me wrong; it'd be cool. Like, if we just, like, if there's another Avengers movie. I'm pretty sure once we feel comfortable going to theaters again, like, like me and you, like, "Hey, do you want to go see you no know, Avengers?" Because it's the big thing to go do. It's kind of like the you know back that, in the day. The, but say that's tied to other experiences, yeah, though. But like, I don't care. Not necessarily I don't care, but it's just like I've already invested like 20 years into it, or however long they've been going on now. It's like I'm tired. Like I'm ready. Uh, my ride is stopped. Like whatever comes out, it's great. Okay. Like if I see the movie, I see it, but I don't need to follow the storyline anymore. Like I'm literally kind of the old man. Like I am with my comics where it's like, no, I'll buy this issue and I'm not going to worry about the other 64 that came out. It's like, no, I just want to buy this one. After like 27 <laughs> movies, uh, the blues is off the rose a little bit. Yeah, like, it's like, not quite as special. It's more of a, it's kind of like the idea of like what we were talking about before this about like immortality. Yeah. You, there are no stakes First of all, to any of these movies. No. Yeah. It's like, well, let's introduce a character. Oh, no, they might die. We, okay. Guess what? Yeah. We, we already know they're going to be in five more movies, like factually, because it's part of the phase now, or whatever. Now, remember, though, back in the day, I told you, that was, our, that was the main issue was if they didn't do trailers like that, because I said that was the reason why I didn't care for Endgame as much, was because we already knew it was a second movie. It was like, yeah. if you just ended the first movie and we didn't know there was a part two, everybody would be like, well, what the hell happened? What the fuck happened? Everybody died. And then just Christmas, boom, Endgame came out. Oh, shit. But when you know, like you said, well, hey, Black Panther's got three more movies. Well, the nigga just died in the first. Okay, well, I guess everybody's coming back, huh? That's the thing. It's like, <laughs> I, and I, I understand the trap, too, of like, there are no stakes. I get that. And you have to suspend that disbelief with so many other things. In a comic movie or anything else, I get that. Yeah. But I. I, my my other side of my brain also goes though that what are we doing, you know? Because of like, it get, becomes like nihilistic. Of there is oh, this action means nothing because we all know, we already know the release schedule. Yeah, and like and like I said, I'm fine. I'm fine with some of those if you know the release schedule as long as the writing's good. Like that's like if you give me a compelling story. That's the thing though. Yeah. At a certain point, it's overt manipulation. Versus doing the story you want, like there's a difference. If it's well done, I can't fault anybody for that. But if it's just, uh, if it feels like they're phoning it in because they know it's not about this movie, it's about the fifth one down the line. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, because like we had a discussion all like just before we started recording about I'm not going to go see Batman in the theater. Neither one of us are, but I'm not going to go see Batman. I refuse, and I really don't. I'm gonna watch it when it comes on HBO. Well, now that I, again, now that I know that it's coming out April 19th on HBO Max, yeah, I am. I have. I'm not incentivized to go anymore, especially in a world where uh, there's a fucking pandemic yeah. still. Which, again, yeah, we're still in a panorama pizza. But, like, again, it's three hours long. And there's, like, 15 fucking Batman. I've seen Batman. Like, fam, I'm tired. Like, it. There are so many Batman. Like, could you just give me the Robin movie at least? Like, Batman's just in the background and Robin does, like. It's and some, also, though, by the way, this is a thing that we know is part of a, a planned trilogy. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I was like, uh, it's like, dude, I'm tired. Just give me something new. Like I said, I've seen so many Batman. I'm tired. Batman's trash anyway. Like, he ain't got yep. no powers. He's just rich. And he could do so much with his money, but instead he's just traumatized. It's like, 
<laughs> I will say that the other side of the coin to like knowing there's gonna be another one and there being stakes, but it being done for the right reason seeming Dune. Yeah. That to me of like all of that is earned because there is clear passion, there is purpose. I like I love that movie. Well, like, well, see, like the reason why. So with that, like, kind of like no stakes. My favorite Marvel movie still is always Captain America and the Winter Soldier because it was a spy movie. But the thing was, even though you knew there were stakes, the story was actually good enough. Because that's the thing: you, there is no new story. Like regardless of what people say, we've we're telling the same exact stories that yeah. we've been telling. It's just what did you add something new to it? What did you do to? take something and add on to that same story. We already know Captain America is going to, it's Captain America. He's not going to die. Even if he dies, it's Captain America. He's going to come back. He's fucking Cap. We're in America. He's fucking Captain America. <laughs> By the way, also, if he, if he loses, it's losing the battle and not the war. Yeah. We, we know the, he'll it, always win. Yeah. There's ultimately again, we're America. We always win. So it's like, he's going to, it's going to find some way for Captain America to win. Guess what? Propaganda boys going to win. Exactly. So, yeah, I know there's not like I know he's still gonna make it in the end. There's not he's not gonna die. It's not anything really gonna change. But the story was very compelling. It made me feel emotions. It made me think things. Like I say, it made me question certain things. That's what like even if you know, even if I already know the ending, as long as you actually fill in those gaps and make it worth something, make it meaningful. I thought that bl- first Black Panther movie. Yeah, like I thought it was so goddamn good. Yeah, and like and that and that's the thing. There's holes in that movie, but again. Just the emotions that it invoked for some people. Like, and it's not for everybody. But again, not every movie's supposed to be. So, like, I love Black Panther. Like I said, I bump that shit all the time. There's holes in it. But like I said, I still love Winter Soldier more. Also, the theater experience. <clears throat> yeah. I've never seen anything like it. Like, but like I said, it's a, and that's the thing. It's still a good story. Absolutely. It's just because, like I said, as long as the story's good. Because, like I said, we've heard Batman. We know he's going to win. We know it's going to happen. But, like, this is year one. So, it's the raw, gritty... <clears throat> I'm traumatized Batman instead of the I'm 40, I'm still traumatized, but I'm the, you know, bomb de bomb de front town. This, as has been said a lot, this is the emo Batman. Yeah. And like I said, the spine is just, fam, it's Batman. I'm going to watch it. Uh, yeah. Because you know. I, well, first of all, I love Robert Pattinson. I think he's a legit one of the best actors out there. And I really want to see Colin Farrell ham it up as Penguin. I think that's going to be fun. Apparently, he got a TV show for that. Yeah, so I was, <clears throat> I, like I said, I heard that apparently Jeffrey Wright was like the greatest thing in this movie, and and I was, I love Jeffrey Wright yeah, so much. Which, if y'all didn't know, apparently that's like my doppelganger. So I'm trying to hope, but hey, maybe I can get old enough and get some of these checks. But <laughs> like, I'd say yeah, you had you had a nickname from Boardwalk Empire, right? Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Nazis. <Yeah. laughs> but I like, like I said, it's it looks like it's gonna be good. It's not saying it's like gonna be bad or anything. It's just I've seen Batman. It's like. Like I said it's we pay for HBO. I'm gonna watch it because it's gonna be on HBO. It's like, like I said I'm not actually going now. Actually, there ain't nothing really DC's putting out that I want to go see. Right? Actually, whatever Hawkman's gonna be in, just because Hawkman's in it. Like, you know what? I will say that the thing the thing that I'm really interested in is the. I like what I like the Sony side of DC, which is to say what they're doing with Venom. It's fun. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, I was like, Sony got DC. Everything's mixing together. Yeah. Okay, what? Okay, then fine. What, what Sony's doing with their Marvel stuff is interesting and fun, yeah. and there are stakes because they're just like I'm just happy to be here, and so now they're going to do Craven the Hunter, which I think could be really interesting, because the director Jason Chandor <coughs> is really talented. I am not opposed. Like I said, I'm not opposed to any of these because again, there's so many of them. I don't give a fuck if one of them's bad because there's like another 15 down the pipeline. Like, there will be three more this year. That's what I'm saying. Like, again, if they're doing Craven, that means they're going to do Sinister Six. That means there's at least six villains that if you don't like Craven, okay, then you got Doc Ock. If they don't, even if they don't do Doc Ock, they'll do Venom or somebody else. But you got six motherfuckers that there's going to be at least, I like this. So it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, but I said, I'm not following the Marvel anymore. If there's a second Black, if there's a second Black Panther movie, because that motherfucker's been in like, just production hell. I'll go see it. Well, I think to your point, we've graduated from uh, if it's good, I'll watch it. Yeah. As opposed to well, watching to, everything. Yeah, I have to go see it. Now it's it, it's not appointment viewing for me anymore. No. But if it, if it's good, I'll yeah. watch it. Yeah. Like like I said, if if you call me up, hey man, I'm gonna go to the movies. And go okay. But it's all the win at this point because I have no. 
I'm not invested. Yeah. So if it's good, I'll watch it. Then that's a win for me. And if it's not good, I won't watch it. But I think that's like the best thing though is I'm free. Like yeah. I, <laughs> I say, I've let let go of the shackles of Robert Downey Jr. Well, at a certain point though, like the volume of it all made it feel like homework, and that it's not fun. Yeah, when when you got to keep up a with sense this of obligation. Like so, I haven't watched many of the Marvel shows. It's just because like I've like I said, I'm tired. I watched. I watched uh, Loki. That's it. I watched Loki. We watched Loki and uh, Cap and the Winter Soldier, or whatever it was. Oh, remember. the uh, yes, yeah, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Captain, whatever they call it. I'm now. gonna watch Moon Knight. Uh, so I'll be honest with you, I didn't care about Moon Knight until I saw the promo and had Mister Knight. Uh, that's the one with him in the suit. And apparently, they said it's like it's not R. But they're like, no, it's got some stuff in there. I think it's R for Marvel. And I'm so excited. Uh, Also, I did not know Disney Plus actually has R-rated stuff. You just got to change the uh, settings. Yeah, apparently they got like a couple of movies that like came out that are actually, I can't remember what it was, but somebody sent me a message like, hey, just change the Disney Plus settings. So they actually have like adult I didn't realize, I always had it in my head that, you know, once they acquired Fox, they put all their Fox stuff on Hulu. So I just separated them in my head. Apparently, like depending on what country you're in, Disney Plus actually does that. So, like, if I think if you're in Canada, like, FX and stuff is on Disney Plus or something like that. Okay. Or, uh, I don't I can't remember, but it's, like, adult shows or something that you really should watch everywhere else. It's on Disney. The funny thing is that today, mm. a movie came out that I'm so excited for. It came out on Hulu. I'm going to watch it tonight. It's an Adrian Lyne movie. Same mm. director who did Fatal Attraction. Mm. Who, you know, did those psychosexual movies that were popular in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And, uh... What else did he do? Uh, nine and a half weeks. Okay. Stuff like that. That type of thing. And he did a new one. It mm. was supposed to come out last year that is Ben Affleck and uh, Anna de Armas called Deep Water. And so it's him making this movie. The last movie he made was Unfaithful in 2002. Mm. So 20 years later, he's making a new movie. And it's that type of thing. Huh. I'm very excited. So I hadn't seen a trailer for it. I just saw the title. I thought it was a horror movie. So, <laughs> yeah, I think you might be conflating that with Dark Water. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just like, Ben Affleck. Because Jennifer like, Connelly was in the remake of that. Yeah. Yes. I, okay. I'm glad to clear that up because yes. I was just like, I was like, man, it's this is going to be water. really. Deep Water. So it's got that psychosexual <laughs> element to it. And it's got like, uh, you know, it's going to inevitably be, I'm sure, about like hot and heavy. And they were in love with each other, yeah. and then things go awry, and there's another person who comes in. It was a hot and flash then, for love. And then, do I murder for love? That type of thing, <laughs> which is what Unfaithful was, by the way. <laughs> Same director, uh, but he's but it's just amazing to watch. It's again the combination of both nostalgia for that type of movie, mm. and it's a new thing, and that's like ticking both boxes of what I want right now. <laughs> so I'm very excited. I'm gonna watch it tonight, and apparently people are just like reveling in it, and mm. I'm very excited about. It. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, it's like this director making it at 80 years old. Mm. Which, and he's made, you know, you think about the movie he's made. I'm, I named three of them. Mm. He's made nine total. This is his ninth movie. Ninth movie mm. since like the 70s. Like, I'm not going to lie. I love those kind of stories. I do too. Like, it's... like that movie, A Perfect Murder, <laughs> which was Viggo Mortensen, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Michael Douglas. Mm. That type of movie where I'm just like murder, intrigue. Yes, <laughs> all of that. Give me that. Yeah, like I hadn't watched it, but uh, what was that one? It's something. It's the sequel to like the Now Cruise, or it was something like the Murder Train. Oh, de- was it Death on the Nile? That was it. Yeah, the sequel to the the Agatha Christie universe. Yeah, where it was Murder on the Orient Express, and now Death on the it. Nile. Yeah. Death on the Nile, which has three arguably deeply pro- problematic actors who have become that in the last year. And they were just like, how do we advertise this for a guy who had a cannibal fetish? Uh, oh, yeah. Army Hammer. I forgot he was in that. Yeah. Is he still in that? Yeah. He's for- a huge character. They can't. Okay, because there was something I remember they like they said they had to edit him out because it was like new, but I, it was like just starting production or they changed cast or something. That was the upcoming Paramount Plus series about the making of The Godfather. Okay. He was. Here's the thing, he was recast. The person that they recast was Miles Teller. Miles Teller then allegedly had a is an anti-vaxer allegedly, who had an outbreak on the set because he's an anti-vaxer. Oh, actually, so I remember like, that. It's like it's like getting out of the way of one bullet only to get hit square in the head of another. <laughs> like I kind of feel sad for these. Miles Teller, who's good friends with Aaron Rodgers, and 
<sighs> Perhaps they have certain things in common. Interestingly, yeah. <laughs> interestingly enough, a real they love uh, doing their own research. Yeah. Let's say. But uh, yeah, but Army Hammer is. Uh, <laughs> and there were two other people that were also problematic on that set. So they were like, "What the fuck do we do with this?" And then it ends up being fairly popular, and they're going to do a third one. I, well, the funny thing is, I heard a lot of people like, "No, it was actually good." And the funny thing is that people are like, "Oh, no, it's better than than Murder on the Orient Express." Yeah, and I, like I said, I was like, "No, I want something I can watch and like just kind of sit there and have some fun with it." I want a murder mystery. Those are fun. Yeah, like I hadn't, I hadn't sat down and watched one of those in such a long time. Like. No, I want to get back into it. That's why I enjoyed the Scream movie that just came out. It's now on Paramount Plus. Just oh. because it was just a... Who do I think did it? You know, it's a true who well, actually, done it. Well, actually, you know what? I forgot about that. Like, it's been that long since I've watched the Scream movie because, you know, the first two was like... Uh, like, the first two were fun for me, but it was just fun. And then after that, I was like, okay, I got it. I understand the formula. But like, I hadn't what? even thought about, like, the whole... Who really killed this? Like, who was killing everybody? Uh, they, think about it this way, to your point about the first two. That's one thing. But then the deeper you go into those, the more they have to justify their existence. And yeah. that can include de- going, becoming deeply convoluted to justify it. Yeah. And then it's just like, doesn't really matter. The the one that was the fourth one, mm. third one is the real apex of shittiness. It's bad. That's what I thought. There are some moments, but it's bad. Uh, Parker Posey's amazing in it. Mm. She's really great. Fourth one mm. is interesting and prescient. And it ages really well, actually. Okay. And that's Wes Craven's last one. This fifth one, which mm. is just now Scream, this is them. This is Think about it from the perspective of what if the directors grew up watching the Scream movies, so they're both uh, loving of it and contributing to it. Okay, see, and that's what I... Okay, now I actually watch Scream now. It's I enjoyed it. Like, I said, that's what... I have no problem with things ending. I actually like a good ending for things. Like, I don't need my franchises going forever. But when you do something else, like I said, make it new. Give me, like, you can keep the same bones and just make it different. That's great. I would argue it justifies its existence. And now they're making another one. Which, but I I trust these filmmakers now. And they're the same ones who did Ready or Not. The um, Samara Weaving movie that came out a couple years ago. It's good. They know what they're doing. Now, the only question I have to ask, just and I hope it's not, like, not spoilers, but... It's not going to be all the like. It's not going to be the same three original cast, like essentially following the same movie again. Or are they actually keeping like some of the people? Because that's like that was the thing is when no, I saw they had like you know bringing the, these are new them. characters and there are people from the original, the first screen, for example. Okay, because like because I would hate just for the franchise to keep going and we still see the same three, like to see three original people instead of like. You know, maybe somebody might die in this one. The you know, a couple of characters keep on. Maybe another one dies, and like maybe somebody still keeps on in the original cast. But like, at least it picks up with a new no. They a are new group. they are at most supporting at okay. most. Okay. But it's all new characters that they introduce that are the stars, the leads. That actually, like I said, I'm actually going to watch that now. So think <laughs> about it from think about new characters, mm-hmm. some of which have ties to original characters, and then some supporting parts, but not much, that are played by the original actors okay so th- i think they know what they're doing it's like a soft reboot i guess you would say okay I'm that also saying. does a meta commentary mm. on those type of movies in the in the way that the other screen movies do commentaries on other aspects okay it's pretty interesting all right yeah. that it's not amazing but it's fun but actually made me excited for it i don't need i don't need groundbreaking i don't need gripping i just need something just to take me away for two hours and it does that and it's just, like you also know, like, oh, they know what they're doing. Mm. Yeah, like, uh, I'm actually going to uh, rewatch The Sound of Metal tonight. Still haven't watched it. I need to watch it. You should, and after you get done watching it, I'll send you a link, but uh, there's a video that actually talks about the director of the movie and how he did all the sounding and stuff for it. Because, heard, yeah, I've heard the sound design's incredible. Yeah, it's it's weird, but, like, I'll tell you, like, I watched it the first time. It's a very upsetting movie, and it's not upsetting, like, you know, terrible things happen it's just upsetting because it's like man I didn't realize that's like that's what all would go into it by losing your hearing and it was just like damn I, I started I watched like the first 20 minutes of it and it was that realization of I am not in the right mental place for this right now yeah and I just have to go back I just haven't yeah like I'll, I'll be real with you if you're really in a bad place do not sit there and watch this oh no movie. I was <laughs> I, it was that thing where I, like I wasn't in a great mood but I was like, well, this is a good movie, and I can be okay with that. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, this is 
No, I can't. <laughs> I, I know this is good. I just cannot do it right now. Yeah, it's like like I don't watch Blumhouse movies if I'm in a bad mood. Like, nah, man, I'm, I know what's going on. I ain't doing that today. <laughs> That's fair. I watched a new Blumhouse movie. It was at South by Southwest. Which one? It's called. Uh, uh, I don't remember. Was it X? No, I, that wasn't available. Although I've heard that is so good. Okay. Or was that Bloomhouse or is that A twenty four? That's a. A24, but I think it might also be Blumhouse. Okay. Man, it's hard to keep up with all these movies. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's uh, – and the one I'm talking about, I, I'll figure out the name of it. But that was – it's it was acquired by Blumhouse. So it is mm. – so it, it has some of the sensibility, but it was done independently. Mm. And then it was acquired. But X, I've heard, across the board, is great. Okay. To the point of some people call it a masterpiece. Oh, wow. All right. I've heard nothing but good things about it, it so looks far. great. <laughs> yeah, but – May twenty four and Blue House movies, man. They they are some dark motherfuckers. <laughs> oh no, I saw one at Sundance that is a an A twenty four movie, and it it's very good, but it's also very intense. Uh, I saw Lamb, and that was funny. Funnily enough, uh, Naomi Rapace, the the actor from Lamb. Is in the movie I saw. It's like you, you will never be alone. I think it's called. Yeah, I, okay, I was about to say like I know she had a movie that was out there, and somebody was like, "Nah, man, it's another real fucked up." one. I was like, "This movie is it's a it's Macedonian folklore mm. through the prism of a Terrence Malick movie." And I know that's a I know that is a very deeply loaded <laughs> statement. There is so much to unpack with that, but it's really well done. <laughs> it's really good. It comes out, uh, I believe, April first. Okay. It'll be on Hulu soon. Man, Hulu's got everything now. It's the movie's really interesting. Mm. It's also like I said, it is deeply intense. What? But I loved it. Yeah. Like <laughs> I might have to take some uh, time for that one. That's fair. Okay. So I don't know. Do do we wrap it up? I mean, we're at an hour. Yeah. Feels like that thing where it's like we could either <laughs> do a hard cut. Or go on for another fifteen hours. Yeah, it's always such a fine line at this point. And I think we actually had this conversation probably last time. Yeah, <laughs> and then we talked for like fifteen more, and then we never ended. Really so it's like, what all do you want to push people toward? Uh, man, honestly, I don't really have anything I've been pushing so far. Uh, besides this podcast, bam, y'all need to listen. I enjoy it. Uh, I don't get to listen all the time, but when I'm riding around in the car, bro. Listen to my boy. <laughs> so, Always appreciated. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm not really pushing much. Just enjoy life, be happy. You know, don't take stuff so seriously. That's all. You know, uh, you can go to my Instagram page. I don't post as much, but I'll be posting some more shoes at some point at oh, yeah. Nardy Thirteen. Uh, that last pair that you got with it was like the almost the quilted looking pair. Oh yeah, those, those are nice. Those were the. Uh, Concept Air Max Mellow. They're really cool. And so that's the thing. Uh, actually, screw it. I'll give them a shout out just because I get so much crap from all these people. But shout out to uh, these boutique stores. Look, if you want to be a sneakerhead, I'll just be real with you. These are the kind of things you want to like look into. But Concepts, uh, I believe they're in New York. Extra Butter, which you would love. Really? Uh, funniest thing is, download the Extra Butter app even if you're not going to buy anything because every Monday they send you a movie fact. <laughs> so, my eyes just got bright. I'm like, uh, oh, I'll take that. Uh, let's say random movie fact: uh, in The Godfather, the famous scene with Marlon Brando, you know, asthma for a favor, blah blah blah, yeah. about his wedding with the cat. Yeah. yeah, Marlon Brando found that fucking cat. Just it's a stray cat. He just found it on set and just kept it with him. And it was like, nah, let him keep it. Like, <laughs> you that know, sounds about right. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, I'm a Meniere. Actually, I'm wearing their I'm a Meniere ones right now. Those are nice. Uh, my favorite shoe, like pretty much ever. And uh, Sneaker Politics down in Louisiana. I think they got a Texas store. But all these places, literally, like, they're the nicest people. I've had stuff stolen. I've had, like, literally, I've had my packages stolen. I've had stuff lost. I've, everything. Talk to these people and, like, literally, nicest people in the fucking world. Support local, support independent. Yeah. We have uh, one local place here, uh, Rock City Kicks. I'll be honest with you, like, I don't get to go there that often. But, hey, you want to go get some sneakers and affordable at least like what you're going to want to pay and go there nice people and they'll help you out and you can buy online too i mean and it's just like it's like buying a local bookstore or something you support local if you can yeah 
a lot of a lot of these follow Instagram pages, but I'll be real with you. Uh, don't buy any sneakers off of Instagram. Just save yourself. They're going to be fakes. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, uh, honestly, dude, I just want to let you know, like, I'm proud of you. <laughs> like I said, uh, I've been listening to the show for, like I said, we haven't been this fucking uh, panda bear for three years now. And like, yeah, I think this will be episode 185. Sweet Jesus. Yeah. Number one, I'm glad you made it this far. <laughs> and I... I'm I'm kind of sad you made it this far. But I'm glad you made it. This I told far. I told you it is deeply bittersweet considering <laughs> the the concurrent timelines occurring here, yeah. and I mean we never. How can we ever expect this? Look, I'll just be real with you. Uh, vaxxed, boosted everything else. So I'm cautious still, but everybody else. All right, fuck them. Uh, if you if you ain't got it at this point, I'm not worried about your health. I'm not worried about your safety and concern. But everybody else, hey, we're in this together. Let's keep it going. That's what I mean. Like my, uh, I've had very shifting empathy over this. You know, you can hear like that's the other thing about this is like you can you can probably track my mental timeline <laughs> listening to this podcast yeah. in a very interesting way. Uh, I'm still unpacking what that means, and I can't go back and listen to these. Because I can't, I can't live in that past. No. <laughs> but there are times about like even the way I ended about like lead with empathy and all that, and I still mean that. But it, it just it evolves what that means, you know. Because yeah. at a certain point, it's just like I I can't. Yeah, like you can empathize. I don't even know what that means at this point, you know. Yeah. But I want everybody to succeed and thrive. But it's also then like oh, who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I can't even I can't even unpack this in real time, right? Yeah, now. like I said, look, just do what you can. Everybody else, Man, we're worried about. It. Do right by yourself, <laughs> but also do right by others. Yeah, exactly. So you know, lead with empathy, do the best you can. Thank you for listening. Let's go to wrap up tonal mode. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, thank you again. Yeah. Appreciate you. Love you. Thank you. Love you too, Chief. Yeah. Uh, love you too, listener. That's a sounded insincere, but I mean that. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Take care. Lead with empathy. Uh, get vax and wax and all those other rimy things. <laughs> Take care. Goodbye. Bye.